Recorded live. Welcome, everybody. This is Sue Maya and another episode of Quantum Theology. Tonight we're going to talk about love, the heart, the different levels of the heart, and our relationships with all of life, with ourselves, with our significant others, with our families, friends, so on and so forth, and all of our connections. I'd like to start with a song that I think you'll recognize by Sting called The Shape of My Heart. Oh, <laughs> 
Not a great song. He wrote that a really long time ago. Before he was known as Sting, he was known as Dominic. Who was this? I'll have to look that up. Anyway, um, it's very interesting and poetic how he uses a deck of cards, but he also makes references to readings. And the shapes and symbols and numbers and looking for answers in the symbolism. So welcome everybody. This is Sumaya. We're going to talk about love, the heart, and relations with all. And uh, as usual, I'd like to share with you some words of inspiration. And I um, looked for a few things today on that theme. In Luke 18.1, it says, Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not lose heart. Jesus often spoke of prayer. He said, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. That's another quote, Mark 11:24. I combine my faith with my imagination and envision the result of answered prayer. I feel the feelings that answered prayer would bring and I let it go. As I pray for others, I see in my mind's eye the result of those answered prayers. I pray for this or something even better. I pray believing, and then I give it over to God. It always feels like a personal blessing when I pray for another person. I'm connecting with them through God. Worry or concern about a result diminishes the energy of my prayer, so I maintain my faith in God's overall good and love in every situation, and I know I've done my part. Now, when I say connection, I mean love, because to me, connection and love are the same. But sometimes in our media, you know, movies, songs, 
love can be misinterpreted. The expectations of love can be misinterpreted and actually very limited. The interpretation of love in humanity is extremely limited to what love can really be. Love is much greater than that, much more expansive, all-inclusive. Love is healing. Love is all-pervasive through life, through our fractal geometries, through our DNA, through all the connections, through everything we eat, everything we grow. Here's another good one. I am loved is the affirmation. In Romans 5, 5, it says, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. God loves me with an everlasting love. Lingering in the warm glow of such unconditional love, I am nourished and encouraged to be loving. God's love radiates from within me, pouring forth from my heart and soul. Divine love does a mighty work through me. I'm a loving person God created me to be. I am God's love and expression as I give my time and undivided attention to others. Sometimes a simple smile or a hug I give is more meaningful than even the most carefully chosen words. With all of my heart and soul, I share God's love with others. I do this as I remember to act in kind and loving ways towards all people and all creatures and all living things. Another affirmation, the love of God radiates within me and from me. I've got one more I'm going to save for later. It has to do with the heart. So I ask you to think about your relationships today, to share, to share about what has worked, what hasn't worked, how your disappointments may have unfolded, how they changed you, how your heart is opened even through suffering and challenges. How you have compassion, how you have courage, how you've opened up to higher levels of your heart and soul. And um, star eight, if you would like to make a comment. Oregon, you're on the air. Uh, Hi, Sue. Good evening. This is Amy from Oregon. Uh, Thank you for um, the wonderful... um, a topic of love. It's very vast, and um, there's so much you can say about it. I don't think um, this call tonight, people on the call tonight, will, have, will kind of lack for any kind of uh, input or sharing uh, about love. Um, it's, uh, it's it's universal, and um, I want to um, I want to um, relate to it from um, the context of V2K, um, and um, when I'm saying V2K, I'm not being negative. Um, I'm not adding any. I'm not inputting any negativity. I just want to say what I do to um, um, defeat um, the, the V2K. Um, 
when I remember uh, that I love myself, I will uh, talk lovingly to myself. And so then the V2K disappears. It dissipates. I don't hear it. Um, the V2K only has power when, where there's no love. If, if I could manifest uh, love all the time in, in, all, in all spaciousness within me, I would probably not even hear the V2K. Um, and I, would, I, would, I probably wouldn't hear it. It only, it only sits its ugly, evil puss in uh, P.U.S. in when, 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 um, when there's, there's, there's loneliness, when there's, when there's no love when there's an absence of love, and that could be for a second, a minute, an hour, hours, uh, half a day, a day. Or so. Well, those never go more than half a day. I always remember to find something to say to myself, to think to myself, which will change my mood, which will alter my consciousness. Um, I, I want to say that um, that uh, a, a really good way to... Um, to feel love uh, uh, quite a bit, um, particularly when getting targeted, when getting harassed. However, uh, anyone's getting harassed. However, I'm getting harassed. I get harassed a lot with D2K um, and, and remote neural monitoring. A lot, a, a lot of sub, a lot of subliminals. Um, actually, a lot of subliminals. Whereas, actually, I'm walking around and it feels like I'm sleeping. Right, right before you fall asleep, you know, you get these these thoughts going on in your head. Doesn't make any sense. Well. I'm getting that quite a bit, and so uh, that's kind of new, and I don't like that. You know, that's that's uh, that's kind of unnerving of um, um, any kind of monsters to do something like that. I mean, that really is the epitome of of, of, of evil, and so it kind of it kind of has me expanding my capacity for loving myself because I know if I if I even um, act as if uh, I'm the greatest thing going on 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 this earth. If I say things like uh, I'm I'm a queen or something like that, it doesn't matter whether it's true. I'm not a queen of England or anything or anywhere. But if I if I say things uh, that are, are uplifting and positive and elevating, um, that's love, and that will break the the spell of V2K. Um, for those out there that are getting V2K. Um, you know, so it's a constant battle between love and evil, uh, loving myself and uh, so that evil doesn't get to me. And um, so I'm, I'm actually stretching myself more than I ever have in my whole life uh, to love myself. Um, and, um, and so it's really great to also uh, um, have people to love, you know, um, have good friends, uh, just get out and do things or activities, and that will also be be loving uh, towards myself. If I when I go out and do different activities, and I focus on the um, the crimes being uh, perpetrated on me 24/7, and that's the best way to defeat this psychologically, spiritually, mentally. Uh, and physically, um, I'm not talking about how to how, how to defeat it with you know with with with, with, with electronics or any kind of you know technology type of things. I'm talking about just just with our minds and with our spirits. The best way to defeat this tech, these these evil harassments is through getting out and doing things which is love, which which is translated into love because uh, that's taking myself out of of of, of the, of the ruts. Um, of the matrix yeah. of 
of of, right. of this of these technologies only work when you're when you're alone. Uh, they work the best when you're all by yourself, when you when you're at home, and when you're uh, feeling down in the dumps. That's when it works the best. And so the way to the way to um to, to just get on with your life and move forward and get on with it is to to just just do things to force force yourself to do things that that you don't, you know, that you don't want to do. make a list in the morning or the night before I'm going to do this today uh you know go play mahjong go go play poker go gamble go 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 to a horse race anything uh, you know go paint go and do anything to get yourself out of what you ordinarily do because that breaks the entrainment also and that's love yeah. that's all love what I just said that's all love. Right, right. Yeah, and that's a good suggestion is to really love yourself, surround yourself with a high vibration of comfort and not necessarily ego boosting so much as what you were saying. Uh, That's not exactly love, you know, to say you're the queen of it all or whatever. That's actually a false statement. So you you can't bring that into your heart because there's a falsehood attached to it. But if you say, I care about myself and then back it up with something that you care about. You know, I care for myself, therefore I'm going to drink a glass of water even and or magnetize the water with that love and it will go into you. Um, surround yourself with that vibration and then you're raising it, you're blocking out the negativity and, you know, I also wanted to um, reiterate that a lot of us were loving people, like you said, and uh, they felt that, well, okay, we were easy targets because we're so kind and compassionate. We love animals and the elderly, you know, so on and so forth. Um, so, you know, every once in a while you might feel this hatred build up inside of you. And, well, whose hatred is it? Maybe it wasn't yours in the first place. What about that anger? Was that your anger or was that something that was put on you that you feel and then you're just sending it back through the orbit of energy? So, and I recognize that when there's a feeling of hatred in me, it's not mine. It wasn't mine in the first place. It's a frequency. So, um, I just, you know, say, hey, I recognize it. You don't have to act out on that hatred. You don't have to be violent with it. You can just acknowledge and say, this isn't mine. I don't, you know, I don't want this feeling. I'm sending it back to its source. Send it back, send it back, send it back. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And um, you know, just as you, just as we are unique, everything how we, how we, um, how we um, counteract these technologies is unique too. You know, and so you know, um, you know, I'm talking. What I was really saying too was empowering myself, um, because there's always a lot of false statements that our minds conjure up. We we make up these stories, uh, uh I'm not good enough, uh, you know, I I didn't do this I didn't do this good, uh no one likes me, no one loves me, you know, I I deserve this, I deserve these horrible things. That's what the mind comes up with and God knows where it comes from, you know. So so just 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 uh in in opposition to that uh, the, the mind could all, also intentionally. I could also intend, intend my mind to say, 
other things, even though it's not true, because the negative things aren't true, so the, the positive things don't necessarily have to be true. The, the intent behind it's the intent, which is to break the break the entrainment, to get my get myself out of the anger. You're right. I get angry. That's right. I get angry, and I don't know what. To, all of a sudden, I get angry, and it's the frequencies. You're absolutely right. So, um, so I don't act out on it, or I don't want to hurt myself. And I don't want to act out or anything like that. So in order to switch my mind to something else, there's lots of things I can do. But one of the things I do is I say something nice to myself. You know, and uh, I say all kinds of things. I mean, you know, but um, the important thing is to just, just get yourself uh, out of that out of that entrainment, you know, because it's all about entraining. That's, all, that's what this whole thing is. It's, it, it's, it, 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 it's psychotronic, psyops. It's just it, just to control to control the mind to get the mind um, under the handler's control as long as possible to, to just 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 extract um, um, biometric data you know mapping your mapping your brain as much as possible that's what this whole thing is about um, mm-hmm. it's about ripping you of any kind of dignity that you have and so so the fight is love that that's the whole that's the whole key is love to mm-hmm. combat this. Well, you know what? It, it's such a paradox, and I've said this before, that the people who go around, you know, chasing and trying to take your love really need it so badly. They get into the program because it's so empty, and they want to take our light. They want to take our love. And the truth of it is that if they wanted that much love, they could have it themselves. They don't have to take it from anybody. They don't ever have to steal love from anywhere or anything because love is ever-present in our our lives. I mean, God created the universe out of his love. He put the words and the energy in motion because he loved creation. He loves creation, and he will continue to. And so it's already there you know, in the motion of the planets, it's in the atoms, it's in the molecules which stick together through loving each other and themselves reflecting one another and becoming a bond. I mean, there's so many different ways that you could see love in, you know, chemistry and physics. Um, You can call it energy and make it non-personal, or you can personalize it and say, these molecules stick together because they love themselves so much that they're holding together as um, a piece of glass, you know, or they're holding together as this mountain, or the water molecules are so in love with each other that they formed a cloud and gathered together there, you know. Um, And if any of these uh, people, the, the people who are negative and empty and addictive and obsessing about our every move, they could have this love themselves. They could have it. If they wanted the light and the power of God, they could ask God for his love, for his mercy, for his tenderness to fill in all the gaps that they've had in their lives, you know, whether they came up from traumatic childhoods or whatever, you know, whatever their background you know, God gave us this opportunity, and it, he gave it to everybody, perpetrator, criminal, you know, hellraiser, whatever. Um, 
they could have that fulfillment and just completely erase the emptiness of that, you know, drive that they have, you know, the emptiness uh, of greed and whatever keeps them going. So while we're doing that for ourselves, they could be learning to do that for themselves. And that's, to me, the paradox of it. You never have to steal love. Uh, It's like you don't have to find love in a coffee shop or a bar because love isn't in the bar in the way you think it is. You know? And sweet people say, well, I have no love in my life. I don't have a partner. Well, you can still have love without a partner. You can be love. You can live love. You can, you know, express it without having a partner. So it's out there. It's everywhere. And uh, um, I like what you're saying now as far as, um, you know, suggestions for other people who are getting that talk. It's in the case of V2K or synthetic telepathy, one of the most important things you can do is to rewrite your self-talk or also also known as affirmations or positive thinking or, you know, neuro-linguistics. Those are the countermeasures for synthetic telepathy. Also, if you're getting visuals, you know, if you're getting ugly visuals inside your mind, then you have to replace those two. We're going to do that sometime. I'm going to have a session all about that. Star 8, if you'd like to join the conversation, we're talking today uh, about love, about the heart, about the heart of God, his intentions for us, his care and mercy for us, and for all of life. I'm not the uh, I'm not the expert. I'm not the only person who knows about these things. You do too. Every one of you has had some kind of love experience. I know, and I'm sure a lot of you have had some grief, you know, loss of love. Maybe it was somebody that you were in relationship with. Maybe it was a child or an animal. Um, share your story. Maybe we can heal that part. Go ahead, Southern Cal. Uh, I'm sorry, Northwest Ontario. You're on the air. Hi, Sue. How are you this evening? All right. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. Um, I I more of a question. Um, like I recently went through a loss. My mother passed away, and I know what I've experienced in communicating with her uh, afterwards, and. I'm just wondering, what do you think your relationship is with, like, the creator or God or, you know, whatever anyone believes, like, you know, what you think is the, you know, the the, the being or the entity that connects us all? Like, what do you think your relationship is with that after you're in the afterworld? or the spirit world that... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think a lot of it depends on how you were as a person here. Um, I've studied near-death experiences and where the soul goes after life. Um, 
and maybe you're asking where is your mom and and can you get in contact with her? Well, if she, you know, was a giving, caring person, um, you know, you won't have a problem finding her near God somewhere. You know, when you pass on, you'll find her on that side, you know, in heaven, on the side of light and the side of the good ones. There are accounts of hell as well. I mean, there are near-death experiences of both sides of the afterlife. And there, there's a big difference between where the good people go and where the bad people go. And now I never really wanted to believe in that, but uh, the more accounts that I listen to and watch, the more I see that there really are different realms for the souls when they're done. So um, that's where I think happens. And when you get there... You know, there will be others just like you. I mean, there will be your relatives, your angels, um, pets that passed on. All the souls that you knew in this life that had passed on will be there for you, waiting for you. In fact, a lot of them will be seen when you cross the, um, you know, they say the tunnel. Some people just go through a dark space to a light. And at the edge of the tunnel or the light, that's where you usually meet up with your relatives. And, um, you know, all your loved ones will be there when you get there. Does that, does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. And um, it reminds me of something I heard about on, um, I believe it was a Coast to Coast show. And there is this, uh, he's like a psychic investigator. And he says the way things are in, like, the spirit world, he may have called it something different, um, is that when a person is not good and they go there, they're, like, trapped in what he described as lower levels, and they're not even allowed to communicate with us in any manner. But... If you're good, you're on the higher levels and you can communicate with any level. So maybe that's because that, cause I know like heaven and hell is, I mean, there's there's a lot of different cultures that have their, you know, story of heaven and hell. They just call it something different and, you know, and I, I just think, you know, if it's two places or if it's like that, then their dimensions or whatever they're in, they just can't communicate with us or see us or sense us in any manner. So I just thought that was kind of interesting. I thought I would share it and and wonder if anyone's ever heard any type of literature on that or stories or mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, a lot. There's a lot of literature on it. Um, there's a, uh... Let's see, a couple of books. Do you want some names of books? Embraced by the Light. That's That was a book that came out in the 90s. It's kind of a short read, and, but it's very, um, you know, it's very well done. And uh, let's see, I've got one on my shelf called uh, Heaven and Beyond. Lots of different stories in that one. Um, and, you know, online, of course, you can just do a search like on YouTube and you can find uh, accounts, near-death experiences or NDE, 
right? That's the short term of it, NDEs, and listen to their accounts. People have gone and come back. A lot of them have. And now, see, in the past, it used to be, oh, there was this one or two people. They went, you know, it came back, and their book got really famous. But now that we have the web, we can find out that there have been hundreds, even thousands of written and recorded accounts where um, people have gone over, seen the light, and come back, or came back healed, or came back with special miracle healing powers, you know, which they were called to use after. Why they changed their life. Criminals who went over, drug addicts who went over and saw, oh, there really was a Jesus, and they changed their lives. Um, Let's see, some of them who went over and saw hell, they saw some of the historical figures still in hell, like Hitler, you know. um, Some of those people are still down there reliving the horrible things that they've done to others, and that's what happens down there. It's like they have to relive all that over and over until, I don't know, until when does God decide to let them go? It's not up to me, but the main thing is you got to believe in God, believe in Christ and the Holy Spirit, and your last moment, you know, if you know that you're on your way out, it's just like just wait. Wait on the light, you know. Just look for it. When you close your eyes and you start to leave your body, just look for it and you'll go towards it. Whatever you look for will be amplified in your vision. And, uh, I mean, I've I've got a lot of stories of my own, but I just wanted to share, you know, third-party experiences, you can find them everywhere now just almost everywhere. I actually have a website saved, but um, let me see if somebody talk while I try to find this link. Go ahead and tell me your, um, tell me what you think about that. Do you believe in God and do you believe that you're going to go there? Ontario? Hi there. Sorry, I muted myself. Um, uh, I, you know, I do believe I'm going to be with my mom uh, because, you know, I believe if 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 you're a good person, your energy is the same, and I will be with her. And so, I I know that like I don't quite know what to call God because. Like, my beliefs are mixed, um, you know, like, it's not quite Christianity or Native spirituality, and, you know, like, and I have other areas that, you know, I kind of look towards, but um, I know you go somewhere, and I believe I'm going to a good place, and um, I think this life is, like, our corporeal life is just uh, this might even be the gift because that's for eternity when we go to the spirit world you know that's our eternity so this life might may even be our gift and you know it depends on what you do with it and how you affect others and um you know just remaining a good person throughout what you go through i think you know is is very important but you know, always remember you need to survive 
and you can be a good person and make the decisions you have to make in order to survive. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. You know, even through challenges, it's important to make the right the right choices because you know. well, maybe you don't know for sure. Maybe some people don't know for sure that this is the temporary world and the other one is the permanent. This is the short life. That is going to be the long life. So you want to choose right on this side of it because this will be the proof of where you're going to end up on the long, in the long term, eternal life. You know? now this is kind of like a test, but it's also a school of learning, you know, um, the all the polarities back and forth turning, but we still have to choose the the good side, no matter what. We really do. And uh, I think you know, it, however you envision God, as long as you believe in God, they say it's easier for you to envision God as a king, or you envision Him as a great light bigger than the sun or you envision him as a deep space universe all of those could be valid because God doesn't have any one form that's one of the laws of the Ten Commandments God doesn't have a form so if you apply a form just for your own faith that you know to help you with your faith I think it's okay but Never confuse the form with the true God, who is no form. He created everything out of his formlessness. It says it you know, right in the beginning. So, it, you know, if it helps you to think of Jesus on the cross, or if it helps you to do certain prayer with a rosary, you know, um, maybe it's mantras, or maybe it's just laying down in the grass and looking up at the sky. You know, that might be your prayer. All of those are good, as long as you still believe in God and the, the basic intention behind it. Do you have a special way that you like to increase your faith during troubled times? Um, yeah, I, um, I, I, I don't know if my faith faith has increased or decreased during any one time, I think it's just the same, but I, I can absolutely say that in the time that, uh, since my mom passed away, I have been kind of been looking towards that more. So I could say now it's my faith is more important to me not that it wasn't. My mom was very spiritual, and that was uh, like a core part of our life. But uh-huh. um, uh, I, I, I think I've been referring to it more, more often recently. Yes. How long has it been since she passed away? Uh, she passed away March sixth, so uh-huh. it was in the springtime. Okay, so less than a year, though. Yeah. yeah. It usually takes at least a year, um, you know, from my counseling experience that the first year is the hardest, and then it kind of tapers off. 
the grief, I mean. Um, then the grieving might come in spurts. But uh, the first year is the hardest. I mean, that's, you know, pretty standard. So give yourself time. And look at some of these uh, near-death experience stories. I, I posted a link in the chat, ndeaccounts.com. And then there's a whole bunch of them. You know, YouTube, so it's pretty well done, a lot of them. Well, thank you for sharing that. And oh, um, Yeah, and let's see, anybody else want to share on that? Today's topic is love, the heart, your relations, all things in between, how everything is connected. You can start it if you'd like to join the conversation. Share a story of love or loss, because that's part of it, too. The feeling of loss is a feeling of disconnect. But let me say to anybody who's lost a friend, a loved one, a pet, a child, that even though it feels like they're not there, it appears that they're not there. They really are. I mean, they you can't leave the universe. That's the number one thing. You cannot leave the universe. You can change form. You can change dimension. You can change frequency. But you cannot leave the universe. So uh, those people, animals, everyone that you've loved who's passed on is still present. Now, the way to bring them closer is when you think of them, when you feel like and you have a memory of them, that's when you come closer to one another in your heart. Um, and then you might see evidence of it, or you might get another feeling, you might feel like they're there, and you're like, question it. Wait a minute, did they just pass through the room? You know? And that could be. It really could be. Um, usually you get that the first if they passed over and transitioned to the other side, it usually would be in the first 30 or 40 days. Just like it says in the Bible, you know. Uh, when when Jesus left, he came back and he presented himself to his disciples. Well, you will feel the same thing uh, from your loved ones. If they can make contact with you, then they, you know, they might. But let's say, like you were saying before, they were really bad people and they went to hell. They might not be able to connect with you after. So, you know, maybe they lost their chances. Uh, I don't know how it all works, but that's what it sounds like to me. But they will never be out of the universe. There's a good chance that they might change form they they might, you know, decide to fly around the world and experience the world from an angelic point of view. They might, you know, just want to go to another dimension and be a saint and help others. Um, you know, there's, there are a lot of dimensions, so we, we can't predict everywhere that everyone is going to go to, depending on, on their work here, I think. I wasn't planning on going into the subject tonight, but um, it's good. certainly does have a lot to do with love. It still connects you. It will always connect you. 
You know what? It makes you realize that our life is so short. I mean, relative to eternity, you know, 60, 70, 80, or 100 years on the planet is still very short. Even if you go to, well, the universe, that this universe that we know of is 13.7 billion years old from what they calculate. So our lives are really short. And um, makes you appreciate it when you look at it that way. Make the best of your time. Make the best of your relations. Even though times are tough, you know, even even though some of us are tortured heavily, but still have to wake up one day, you know, and go, wow, I can feel, I can breathe, I I know things. Somehow in this situation we're, it's like we're in a training. And um, I feel like even though some memories might get fuzzy, that there are other memories or other skills that are coming forth. So you're getting more um, accessible. My intuition is a lot more accessible. Um, my sensing of energies is getting a lot keener because of, you know, the, let's put it, let's put it, you know, bluntly, I mean, we're getting a vocabulary of frequencies that we didn't have before. We are extending our vocabulary and our analysis of frequencies. We're learning how to deal with them. We're learning how to ride them. We're learning how to move them. We're learning how to block them. And everything that a human being can do with frequency is what we're learning right now. So, empathy. You know, empathy for people who are suffering, for sure. I mean, it makes me sad, though. Uh, sometimes I hear TIs getting nasty to, to each other. Uh, I'm sorry, that's not cool. Um, we really have to work on that one because it is part of the program to make us, like, Mm, cold and hurtful to act out what the perpetrators feel. So, like, we're acting out their hatred. Uh, We're acting out their disbelief in God. But we have to be careful that if that wasn't you before, send it back and go back to the loving self, the caring self that you were before and say, you know, that, that wasn't my feeling. No. That wasn't mine. We really have to be kind to one another because this is this is it, you know. Now, we don't know how long we have. Nobody knows that. Only God himself knows how much time we have. Go ahead and star eight if you'd like to join the conversation. We're talking about love and relationships. And our heart and the soul connection that we have from our heart. And here's another reading about it. 
In Psalms 73, line 26, it says, God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. My heart is an instrument of God's love. My heart is a powerful muscle that continually circulates life-sustaining blood throughout my body. In an awe-inspiring way, it works in conjunction with other organs to support life and new growth. So I bless my heart and give thanks to God for its healthy, strong beat. I envision it as strong and steady, yet filled to overflowing with divine love. As vital as my heart is to my physical well-being, it is even more important to my spiritual life and growth. My heart is a soul center of love and peace, for through heartfelt acts of kindness, I share God's love with others. The more love I pour forth from my heart as an instrument of God's love, the healthier I feel in mind, body, and spirit. And the affirmation for that is, my heart is an instrument of God's love. So it's not just a muscle. It's really a connection to a higher level of peace to a higher level of feeling, of knowing, of sensing. We have sensors. We have sensors in our nerves, in our minds. I was watching a film the other day about orcas. You know, they call them killer whales. Black and white, those black and white whales. And the story goes that SeaWorld in Florida and it's multinational corporation, <clears throat> were stealing these baby whales from their mothers out in the ocean. And, you know, training them, and they're contained in these pens, and they're forced to perform. But the people who really understand whales, who have studied them, who have lived among them, they realize that they have so much more capacity in their brains, they use uh, sonic language, very, very complex sonic languages. They can send short uh, distance sound, long distance sound, sound that carries in the water, sound that carries in the air. And they feel so much. When they opened up, one of the, they looked at a brain, and in this video it showed that in the brain of this whale, it has a huge section, uh, a huge section, much, much bigger than any human, that has the capacity for feeling and emotion. Tremendous amount of feeling and emotion. And it's also near the frontal part of that brain, which sends and receives the sound. So I imagine... And I I think they're still studying this, that the way that they express themselves through vibration is received through that feeling center. And they understand the sound and the frequencies. That's just amazing. Just amazing. 
and yet the human beings were treating them like, you know, trained animals, you know, circuses and aquariums like that. They just use the animals to make money. And when you when you discover how much capacity for knowledge, for feeling, for nature that they have, it's just it's, it is mind blowing. It's just incredible. I say, well, maybe human beings will one day evolve into being, you know, an orca who can swim and feel everything in the ocean, feel all of its surroundings, its family. You know, they live to like 100 years old in nature, but when they're taken out of their family relations, out of their natural environments, they only live 20 to 30 years. That's what they tell you at SeaWorld. Oh, they only live 20, 30 years. And that's not true. They can only live that long in captivity because they have to live in these small pools compared to thousands of miles that they're used to. They swim thousands of miles every year, up and down, you know, up and down the oceans, exploring the coastlines, having their babies, feeding, hunting together. We're talking about love today. We're talking about the heart and relationships. So Star 8, if you'd like to join, I don't want to do... Be the only one to talk. I do have a lot of love, but I don't want to be the only one to talk and express it. I know you have it. And sometimes if you express your love, you feel it even more. You let out just a little bit of positive thought. You can increase it. Hi, Don. You're on the air. Yeah, I've watched people, you know, that were evolved, you know, spirits, or they had a wide repertoire, you know, of devotion, you know, words and languages, and and just watch them dissolve, you know, and take the the dopamine, and and they had. You know, they went through everything they were doing to me. You know, it's, it's really. Uh... But anyway, um, yeah, I, I, you know, and just watch young a young body grow old in ten years. It's just, just something. I mean, and now I look at my hands, holes all over from, you know, sitting in a chair and getting burned. I didn't know I was being burned, but. But yeah, we we you gotta pass surpass fear and and uh fear is you know, to accurately describe uh you know, what's going on um with uh these devices and the people that set them up and so Well that that's where you can uh you know, give love to yourself and I have to practice this too. I mean, I don't look the way I used to um and you see you know your skin is dry you know you've got marks on you from the weapons but you have to still love yourself even if you change color you know if you changed your your hairstyle or your clothes you still have to practice loving yourself and in in a way 
we'll learn how to love others who don't meet up to, you know, fashion. I mean, we can't measure ourselves against fashion magazines. It's not going to happen. So you have to say, well, but the this horrendous is disease is that they're they're subjecting mm-hmm. us to. It's you know they know. they did that to these peace centers that tried to stop the wars. You know, in Santa Cruz and down here where I'm at, and the people got these you know, brain cancers and all this stuff, and all kinds of stuff. I mean, it's... Oh, I know. We're under attack. It, there's no doubt about it. But we but we want to bring it back to, you know, staying yeah. on the good side as much as you can, despite yeah, you all... Yeah, you got to muster up. Yeah, you if you didn't have a background, up. you know, that's... that's they right. think you're just going to pick up a gun and go shoot some Exactly. People. Exactly, which is why a lot of the veterans are more prone to those kinds of actions because they're trained, you know, they're trained in that. They're not trained in being nurturers or teachers or, you know, Um, they're trained to be warriors. So that's their first action, you know. But they're doing it cowardly, you know, and just, Mm -hmm. you know, putting these frequencies in our pathways. And, uh, Mm. yeah. Yeah, but you know, try to try to keep it on the light side for yourself because it's so easy to drop down, and you have to work harder at it to stay positive. I know. I mean, I know it's hard. Um, they want to drop your frequency every chance, whether it's anxiety or depression or, you know, uh, just giving up. You know, whatever it is, uh, whatever your yeah, we gotta give up. Is, I mean, you're right. You gotta like just. Give it up and uh, come down to that. You know, I was thinking today that maybe it's a program of desensitization. You know, because after you get traumatized, I mean, they might keep somebody in trauma a lot and just keep re- revisiting, remaking, re-repeating, re-re-re-re-doing it. But at some point, if you're if you get the game to say, I'm going to desensitize myself so this game doesn't work on me anymore. So, I mean, for yeah, instance... but we it, just keep walking. It's, it's so effective what they're doing that, you know, we mm-hmm. keep walking into the same traps, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, should we get this person today or that person? Oh, let, you haven't hit him in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we'll do it to him. And they just... So you got, you know, I I started wearing gloves. I never get out of the car, you know, without gloves anymore. I mean, oh yeah, I'm waiting for the winter so I can wear my gloves, like you know, fit in. But yeah, um, well, I I explain the system because they took over this whole town. You know, so I know, I, you know, I walk today and I I look at the cars, like you know the the splotchy stuff that they spray on the cars, or at least they, you know. For targeted cars, well, I look around now, and it's almost at least a third of the cars have that greasy, splotchy stuff, so I know each one of them is targeted. They don't know it, maybe, but now I know it. That, uh, well, I don't gre- think they leave evidence. The ones here is just strictly... Um, oh, yeah, know. they're leaving evidence, I can tell you for sure. They do not care. This. Well, this you should town- send it to uh, Mike Adams. He has a spectrometer just gather some of that or your water company call the water find out where their lab is and first yeah, but the trouble water. is this stuff doesn't have markers what they're using 
doesn't have a marker, so you have to have the more yeah. expensive test. I think agricultural chemicals have a trace element. So yeah, but they, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is that there are a lot more targets that don't know that their cars are being chemed. That's what I'm saying. No, it's, it's not him. It's the uh, they come in and they just wait for you to come back from wherever you've been. They watch you for about a month and then then they can hit you for 10 years. They hit me for 40 years before I start figuring it out. But, yeah, they probably yeah, won't know. Yeah, most they people, probably it's won't a figure it out for system a while. and we can, we can avoid, because it does break up your cells and it cuts your nerve pathways, and that's wrong to, you know, normal. You know, if you're going to fight a war, just fight a war with some weapons, but these people are just um, relentless and uh, burning people, you know, and and to have yeah. medical take part in it, too, is just, just absurd. But um, anyway, it is an yeah. absurd. And so we have to reorient those, you know, some people devote a certain, you know, categorized, I guess that women have a different kind of brain but, uh, mm-hmm. that doesn't uh, box things off so much. Well, it's spreading. That's the point. Dr. John Hall said it on Saturday that the targeting is spreading throughout our population. Um, There's a large number of us, but there's even a larger number that don't know, and they haven't, um, you know, they haven't been notified somehow. But I can tell you for sure, Don, that the evidence that they're leaving on these cars is not subtle. And it apparently that you know I recognize it from when they do it to mine. How do you, you think know? they're getting it on there with the oh, airplane? They're, yeah, they're spraying oh, it. It's yeah, it's aerial. Yeah. yeah, a lot of aerial spraying. Um, and I can see the greasy stuff. And now I know, you know, you know, like uh, how it spreads, right? You touch one thing, you touch another thing, and you can't wash it off, and you know you got to use strong detergent yeah. and stuff. But if people don't know it, they're touching this, they're going to the grocery store, and they're picking at the turning doorknobs out. And every doorknob in public is suspect now, you know? Well, the <laughs> problem is is that yeah, the chemical acts exactly like the, uh, almost, not exactly, but it almost, because the, the freak, the long waves that they're, if they can get it in a quarter inch into your skin, into your flesh, and your water, because you're kind of watery, and it's a sub, you know, they're a long wave, and they're straight, and, and um, you know, they, they, they make a little hole in all the cells, and then your body fills up with uh, lymph during the repair period, all this, you know, white, all these, you know, repair molecules have to come in. The white blood cells. Yeah, well, they, these are bioreactive chemicals, and they're making us more conductive. That's the main feature that I can see. It also makes you sensitive, makes you highly sensitive um, to the frequencies, to the pain, everything else. So, But I don't want to stay on chemicals tonight. I want to go back to love and affirmation and expanding the heart and um, how... You know, we can still find love, even in a twisted world, we can find love, you know? Yeah, Maybe I love think is... these, these power foods, the uh, freeze-dried greens and things, and, and fresh, more 
greens and fruit juices, you know, put that kind of energy directly into our body. And then bitter roots. If we take a lot of bitter root, you know, it's it'll it's a heal it'll heal faster stuff and combined with uh, power foods, um, the uh, super like the greens. Like the, yeah, the, the freeze whole green dried food. greens. I think uh, Walmart has like eight ounce freeze dried for fourteen dollars, all organic. It looks pretty uh-huh. good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, so like uh, cracked chlor- chlorella. Um, what are the the yeah, green blue green uh, algae? Uh, what are some of the other ones that we can look for that help that? Yeah, your chlorellas. There's a bulk. Um, Supplements called bulk supplements from Las Vegas. They they sell a lot of bulk uh, stuff. I was just ordering some of that. Yeah. But they have the bitter melon. The uh, well, what really helps is the uh, golden seal. You know, keeps our blood real alkaline. You know, it's very very bitter. It's the real bitter stuff in it. And it's like uh, turmeric. You know, it it heals. It's the same color, golden seal. And I uh-huh. found when when I was subjected when I didn't know that the neighbors were cooking me, uh, and then uh, I took that and it healed. You know, I'd get boils, and then the boil would move from one part of the body to another because I was reinfecting myself. And they were just oh, laughing. Yeah. I guess the neighbors were having a great old time. You know, we're gonna kill us off. They did. Oh, they, no, no. they killed us off. Uh, that reminds me of spirulina. That's another good um, basic food. You know, these are the the basic building blocks of life are really in those. I mean, they the basically blue whale build, live on that. Yeah. Uh huh. I mean, they are the basic building blocks of life because the, the fish eat it, the little fish, and the bigger fish eat the littler fish, and on and on and on. And uh, it's yeah, all you can the just buy a can of orange juice and shake put it in a mason jar and shake it up and mm-hmm. you know and get a lot in yeah. and, and yeah, that's do that right. two or three times take you know a cup or two every four or five hours and yeah it'll mm-hmm. start you'll find it'll transform your body you know it, methuselah lived on grass you know in the bible he ate with oh, yeah? the cattle yeah he ate with the cattle mm-hmm. ate grass yeah. yeah yeah i like wheatgrass Oh, juice. Okay. Yeah, it's a little sweet, but it's great. Yeah, yeah, I like it sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I've invested in those. If anybody, you know, I can ship out. I have a couple juicer, extra juicers in the basement. But these, you know, they're not precision, but they sure crank. You know, I just run, keep running it through. If you, you know, if it gets, uh, if there's any moisture left in the the greens, I just keep running them through. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I got to start doing that. Getting those uh, slow juicers, not the fast. Well, the fast ones are good for carrots, and then mix it in. But it takes a lot of energy to, and it messes up your kitchen. You got you got to have a table devoted to that, or have a special room. You know, you can grow wheatgrass, or it doesn't take too much to. Just like a, what do you call it? A uh, a room. What was it? Electric room? You'd build the same yeah, thing. Yeah, a grow. With, yeah, like yeah, a, grow a little room. grow room with with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because wheatgrass likes dark, you know, and 
and then you just put it out into the and you just have to you can just buy it at the the feed store where you buy dog food you know for 20 less than 20 dollars for 50 pounds of well like the seeds like you can buy the raw yeah, hard seeds. winter wheat and then you uh-huh. you wash it a little bit and soak it in a bowl overnight for 12 to 18 hours 24 hours and and if you soak it longer, drain it, put it in a colander to drain, and it'll start sprouting in the colander. And then when you see those little little tails on the end of the wheat, those are the roots, and you just spread them out so they don't touch on some... Uh, you can just spread them out in newspaper, or I mean on uh, paper towels, you know, a couple paper towels, stick and put them in a flat um, pan, you know, like you cookie sheets or something and and then run those through the you know or eat run them through the grinder make bible bread bible bread is good you know it huh. has a lot of just a lot of grains yeah they that ezekiel bread is great have you ever <laughs> that's, that's good but it's hard. But, sounds good i like ezekiel <laughs> Yeah, Ezekiel yeah. sprouted organic bread, but they do add a little flour. They do add a binder. It, it is one of the best breads on the market, and uh, uh-huh. you can get it at health food store. Trouble is, the health food stores are being bought up by the perps, you know. So, mm. you know, they they burn. Well, my store, they burn you. They'll burn. They get more money killing you than they do selling food. It's ridiculous. Uh-huh. But uh, that's um. what. Yeah. Well, let's see. If anybody wants to join a conversation, just star eight. We're talking about love. We're talking about the heart and our relations to all of life and how we can never be without love because it's all around us. All we have to do is find it, see it, feel it, listen for it, and find that frequency. Match it. Match the frequency of love, and then you will be loved. There is a process to it, you know. Well, a baby, it. Chill, babies express love, you know, when they're not yeah. going through tantrums, but, you know, they, they for their mother. And that's what love is, is, you know, the, the, how a baby loves his mother. Or puppies or kittens or any anyone yeah. who just comes out, out of the light into the world, they still have a memory. You know, that's another thing, um, Ontario, that babies are born with a memory of heaven, a lot of them. If they could talk about it, and some of them do, some of them remember until they're three years old when they can form sentences, and they remember things from the other side. So they're pretty wise, actually, you know? Right. Yeah, they are until they have to start. Until they get trained. The world is, I, isn't the yeah, way. Yeah, until they get entrained by, you know, public education or whatever. <laughs> yeah, they go to school and then they... They get some of the spirit beat out of them, you know. Yeah. Well, they need it. By then, they need some good beatings, you know. To... <laughs> no. No, I don't agree with that. I think that when kids act out, it's because they need attention. And if they need attention, it's because they're not getting it at home. Or the school well, is set up. Well, boys need beating, you know, I think, you know. No, not at all. 
Not at all. Uh-uh. Oh, yeah. I don't think so. There are other ways of disciplining people, and it doesn't have to be violent. Well, yeah, but that's the, then they lose their creativity, you know. Yeah, well, you can't have both. You're gonna do it that way. Well, there's an old saying: "Love your child, you love your son as if he's God till he's five, beat him till he's ten, and treat him as a friend after he's ten. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, I don't know if I agree with that. See the light. Yeah. You're on the air. <laughs> See the light. You're on the air. Oh, and he got cut off. I know he has trouble staying connected. I'm sorry. I know, I think I know who it is, and he keeps getting cut off. He's a good person. Brian, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hello? Hi. Hello? I have no control of my brain or body for telling me in the voices that I'm dead, that I'm owned by the Tavistock Institute, and nobody cares about me. I have no control, and that's all I know. No one believes me. They all say I'm a psychopath, but nobody ever cared about me. And whatever it is, they 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 run my mind and my body, and and I have no control. Brian, um, first of all, you're not dead because we can hear you, and there's more than thirty witnesses, and we do care about you. And that's, you know, why you're on the call and we're talking. So, first of all, you have to stop listening to those voices. They're not telling you the truth. I have no control of them. They run my brain and my body. I can't do anything. There's nothing in my brain anymore. I have so much brain damage. I can't, I don't. They just cut me off again. They just cut me off again. I have so much brain damage, I can't deal with it. I have no control. Nobody. I I understand. I really do. So take a deep breath. Just stay with us for a minute, all right? You've got a bunch of friends here. There's almost mostly good people on this call, and we do care about you. So try to breathe deeply right now and just kind of calm down and slow your breathing just slow it down just tell you tell yourself you're going to be okay just for right now and um those chemicals that Grieve and I were talking about have a lot to do with it if you have been uh exposed to some of these neurotoxins it makes them e- makes it easier for them to take over your body and your mind so try detoxing so that you can get some clarity back so you can think All I've yeah. done is detox I've done okay. years of colonics they poisoned me with colonics okay. oh, I, I was gassed in my car I, I don't know all I know is yeah. that I have brain damage and I've got loaded with chemicals in my body and nobody yeah. cares nobody no, we care. We do care, and we know about the chemicals. We know about them. And the, the detox has to be kind of an ongoing thing, if possible, um, 
try to, you know, go back to some of the green foods and distilled water and don't touch anything that looks like a chemical. And if you know you're getting gassed, get out to a fresh air environment, try to open a window. But it's an ongoing thing. We really feel for you. We really do. I've been doing all that for years. I was in the mental health for 36 years. The loaded with tons of medicines. My brain, I had shock therapy, everything. So you pentothal shots, everything. My brain is run by somebody else. My body is taken over. I have no control. I, I don't know why they're letting me talk, but I have no control. You have enough control to say what's going on, and I hear you. We all hear you. So you do have some control. You do. Tell yourself you have some control. Just start with that. Nobody has a hundred percent. Nobody has a hundred percent takeover, and nobody has a hundred percent self-control. It's all a mix now. A mix. They ripped, it. they ripped everything out of me. They can start and stop me, and people lie to me every day. Why they put me on the phone call, I don't know. Mm-hmm. They let you. They let you make this call and talk to me, huh? So you do have some control, right? No, they did it. They did it. My eyes were burned out at the library. I mean, I, and, I, and I'm not, I don't have a memory anymore. They just feed me the memories. So how did you I, dial the phone? Did you I dial don't it? No, they did it. To me. They dialed it for me somehow. Oh, well, that's kind of surprising that they wanted you to be on a TI call where you could express yourself so openly. I think you have some control. I'm going to I'm going to say this is evidence that you still have some control. This is proof. So hang on, hang on, and we'll work with you. Look, British Club. British Columbia, I was just about to unmute you, and they cut him off. See, some people aren't allowed to stay on the call, <laughs> and some people are. I don't know how that works, but BC uh, has been trying to get on the call all night so far. All right, well, see, you're lucky enough to be with us, and we do care, and we do hear you. And a I'm lot of us have I'm a lot of us, huh? When you talk, I'm suffering. I know you're suffering. I know. We all are. But all the different degrees. You should have seen me on Sunday and Saturday. Oh, I got tortured so bad this weekend. I don't know why this weekend. I think it has something to do with, you know, that I'm running a call lately. And they don't want me to help people empower themselves. And they don't want me to help people feel better. And so they tortured me really hard for, like, Basically, most of last week up until yesterday, and probably tonight will be bad because of this. But you know what? It doesn't matter because I'm going to do what I have to do. So if I only got one good day out of the week, at least I had one. You know? I don't give them that much credit. I really don't. You know, I don't know I do how want- I see. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I see. At the library, they hit me with something, and I lost feeling in my eyes. 
I don't know how I see. They tell me that well, I never spoke to Neil, that I was speaking to somebody else. I never spoke to any of these people. Mm-hmm. They gave me emails. I connected to other people, FBI, someone else. I never connected to anybody. No, I know. No, you sound like a good person, you know, and that's the kind of person that they like to bring down. See the light, or BC, uh, I'll unmute you as soon as you come back, and if they let you stay on the call, I'll open you up. So I'm not cutting you off. I'm just letting you know that while you're here. They're probably using me as a guinea pig to put feelings in and thoughts or something. I just, I don't spirit. I, I don't know. I just don't feel. I don't think. I can't move. Are you mobile? No, unless they move me. Hmm. Can you walk on your own, or do you need like a str- uh Do you need a, you know, a walker, or are you in a wheelchair or anything? I can walk, but I don't know how I walk. They said that they they, they 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 were hitting me with electricity and running me in electricity. Yes, my heart no. stopped. My heart had stopped. Mm-hmm. My brain is completely empty. I, I don't, don't know. think you're. I don't think your brain. See here. Here's where when you repeat something often enough, you believe it. And I'm trying to tell you something. In all my calls, I tell people repeat something that helps you. Don't repeat something that makes you feel worse, all right? And hang on, hang on. I'm going to get some more people on talk to you, all right? Louisiana, I think this is Kyle. You're on the air. Yeah, this is Kyle. Hey. Hey, hey Brian, do you have anything um, Do you have anything you could take to calm down, like some Ativan or anything like that? Um, you can also use an ice pack. Do you have any ice around that you can put on your head? If you cool down your temperature, a lot of this stuff could uh, affect you a lot less. Do you have any of that stuff, Ron? No. I must have been been on 100 medications over 36 years. 100 medications, tons of injections. I'm dead. Brian, Brian, if you can just, for tonight, like, if you could just, do you have an extra, like, um, anti-anxiety medication? that you could take for tonight, if you can email me, email me um, your information, and I'll send you one of Dave's CDs. Um, it's an unentraining CD, so it may be able to unentrain some of that remote neural manipulation, because I know it's hell. It's pictures in your mind. It's, you know, phrases and feelings and everything like that. This CD can kind of, it's a counter frequency. So can you email? Are you able to email? No, I, I, I'm not. Whatever they're doing, they know what they're doing. I'm trying to rebuild me as a robot. Mm, well, it, it feels like that, but they're just they're messing with your mind. You know, they're entraining you. You get a high pitched sound in your ears. I was killed last night. It, it like a sound. A a a um a um. a sound a something. Noise, noise last night. My ears were so broken, it was like a, a like a sound of something. You know, the, the sound was so, so. Right, right. If you could just for tonight, 
you know, maybe take an extra, whatever you take for, for anxiety, take an extra one of those so you can kind of calm down, get an ice pack, get some ice and put it on your head because it'll, it'll kind of um, uninflame you so, so the, what they're using on you won't be as effective. And I want you to email me. Uh, can, can you email me? Can you write down my email? They won't. I can't move. You can't I move? move? Okay. I move when they move me. I move when they move me. And I talk when they talk me. And I, I'm not the library. I can't talk. Mm-hmm. Can you, um, do you have, I mean, do you have, you have a phone. So can you get to a family member? to maybe email me, and I can send you, I'll send you a CD. You don't like, do you have some headphones and like a Walkman or something? Because I could give you something that can tone down a lot of that stuff. Because they're in training you, so you're feeling all those feelings. They're remote and manipulating you. Um, and I know it can be hell. But you need, to, you need to try and get some ice, maybe get some ice on your head so that it can stop some of the inflammation cool your temperature down, and some of that stuff will be less effective. Do you have anything cold? Like, do you have a freezer where you have anything cold? I don't know. I'd Those go are all get good some. suggestions. Those are all good suggestions. Try to, try to break the entrainment. That's the first thing, because it sounds like you're in one of the more advanced stages of this mind control program. And, you know, we, you know, we can verify that it's real, it is happening, but we do have countermeasures and Kyle is giving you some good ideas right the now. Places, Try to do some of them. The places are in my head 24 seven. Hmm? Running me. I, I understand. We understand, you know, we, we know what they're trying to do. trying to think because if he could get Brian if you could maybe get some you know get some thermal blankets just for uh, just for now maybe take whatever you take for anxiety maybe take an extra one tonight is there any way you could get to, to Walmart or something somewhere with some member to maybe bring you some so you could cover family, family hates me and cuts me out and hates me they always hated me. Mm-hmm. I have nobody. I don't know how I'm talking. I really don't. I just know that my brain is completely empty. I feel whatever I think I feel. I don't even know what I feel. I feel that way. Well. That's, that's just remote. It feels that way. It feels like your brain's empty, but they haven't actually emptied it. It's like remote neural manipulation. So it's like they're they're sending you some kind of signal that makes you feel like your mind's just going blank. Like I feel that a lot, but you, but it's it's not real. It just feels like that. They're just they're they're basically pushing what you have down, but it's still there. It's still there, Brian. You got it. You got to yeah. really. Yeah. Yeah. I want to. Really, I agree with you because. Your brain, you know, is still there. Your ideas, your self is still there. It's just that they put a lot of interference in between. So you, it's hard to access. So what uh, Kyle is saying is so true. And if you can get that CD, um, I think that's going to help. 
is there any way you could email me, Brian? Is there any way you could get a get get somebody to help you email me? Because I could send you a CD out. You know, wherever you get mail, it can it can really help. It unentrains you. So all those feelings that you're having, it kind of unravels all that entrainment, all that remote neural manipulation. You'll be able to think a lot clearer. Like until that happens, you may need to get if you just have some aluminum foil in your house, get some aluminum foil and cover your ears with it. Like kind of cover your ears because they're probably doing a lot of microwave hearing, um, and that's how they entrain us. So you might want to get something if you can get just get something to cover your ears with. You think you have some like aluminum foil in your in your kitchen for the time being? Yes. Like maybe get some of that tonight. Like take maybe like whatever you take for anxiety, take a little bit extra, and then get get some get an ice pack. Put that ice pack on your head and get get a little bit of aluminum foil and just put it around your ears so it blocks anything coming into your ears. And then and then you can look for a longer solution. But just you know, because I know right now it's, it's it it seems like it's just like you can't do anything. But if you can just kind of take little steps. Um, you know, you can get you can get more help. You know, you can pick you can start picking yourself up. Yeah, you know, the other side of that is he sounds like he's just exhausted from thirty six years of targeting, and and then pushing him around, and you know, just I mean, I, I have so much um, sympathy for him because. I mean, after so many years of trying to fight back, it's just got to be really hard. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's only been seven years of really hard torture for me, Brian. And, um, you know, I can't take it sometimes. Like, you know, Sue's talking about a lot of good stuff tonight. And I'm in a really bad mood. They've got me in an angry mood. Um, you know, so you, you just got to push through it. I mean, it's it's really, it is really about taking control. Like, you've got to know that you still have control. But you, but you, you got to use some defenses. Because if, if you just sit there and, like, Without defenses, you know, you can be as powerful as possible. They'll just, they'll just work you over. So you got to get some stuff to maybe cover your ears. Like maybe even just some, like, if you have something to shove in your ears, some cotton balls or something like that, um, and some ice to put on your head, and maybe take a little bit of extra, whatever you take for anxiety, to just calm down. And it's and a, lot of, a lot of breathing. Like breathing is very important because it matters. Very important. With, yeah, very slow up. breathing, slow, rhythmic breathing, and music. Put on some music yeah. and try to listen to something else other than their stupid voices because yeah. they're just, you know, trying to bring you down all the time. Listen to something that you like. That's what Brian, too, always says. That's what, you know, John Hall, Duncan, everybody agrees. You've got to break up the frequencies with something else. Yeah, John Hall says that binaural beats really work well. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I wish, I hope I can get Brian that Dave's CD um, because I'm gonna I'm gonna start burning them and sending them out. Um, so if, if he if you can email me, Brian, um, I can get you that CD out. It'll really help you. You know, so if you can just find some things to kind of tide you over. Um, you know, get in touch with me. I'll give you some more methods that you can get some more control back. You think you can do those, those little things tonight? You think you can move enough to to get like an ice pack, you know, or okay. something? 
frozen foods in your fridge or something like that. Kind of put them around your head and maybe maybe your neck and stuff like that. Hey, Brian. Yeah. I know. I know. It, it seems impossible. Like tonight, I you know I feel so horrible. Like they're telling me it doesn't matter. You know, my V2K. They're like, it doesn't matter anymore. You know, we're gonna kill this guy. You know, um, but but I've stopped a lot of the, you know, the mental stuff is really hard because sometimes they'll do the B2K and they'll make you feel stuff when you're here in the B2K. They bring back the brain if there's dead matter. Mm-hmm. Well, what will happen, Brian, is if you unentrain your mind, and I was talking to Dave today, if you unentrain your mind, like it feels like a lot of stuff's going on with your brain. But if you unentrain your mind and you start thinking clearly again, the brain can't heal. Those neural pathways can heal. So I know how it feels. I felt like that. I felt like that where it's like I couldn't even think. And it was just like I didn't even feel like myself. I felt like I wasn't in control. But if you can just do small things, just do some small things tonight to get you through tonight and email me, I can help you out. And I can send you a CD and it can get there in a couple of days. Start listening to it. Start listening, like like Sue said, some music or some binaural beats will really, it'll cut into that entrainment. Do you have some headphones? Do you have some headphones, maybe a computer to listen to, to music on? That you could get to, Brian? Yeah, I hear. Dude, I know it's hard, man. I, I mean, I know it's just it's, it's too much all the time. And you know, society's not really doing anything about it, but we just gotta we gotta tough it out, we gotta help each other and kinda do small things to make it through they, tonight. They, they said they're gonna try to re reteach me to think. I think mm-hmm. they try to reteach me to think. They stopped my heart and they started up again. I heard mm-hmm. a woman a conference call said the same thing. They stopped her heart. They stopped my heart, they started up again. They stopped my thinking. And, and now they're starting my thinking up again, I guess. I don't know. Well, if you if you need to, Brian, like if you're feeling tonight like it's just like it's too much in your heart, you feel like your your heart's going to stop, you know, um, maybe you could go to the emergency room, call 911, just tell them you're having heart problems. You know, I don't did. Tell them that. I went last night. They gave okay. me something. It's in a saline solution that smelled like chemicals in my blood. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't, I don't think the hospital's probably trying to poison you. It may have felt like that, um, you know. But did they, did they give you something for anxiety? Is there any way you could take just maybe an extra one tonight and do some breathing, drink a lot of water? That's my brain. I know. Did they give you something for anxiety though? Because usually, if you can calm those nerves down, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like. You know, your brain's being as damaged. The thing about this, right, like I know they're hurting you really bad, but it feels a lot worse than it is. It feels a lot worse than it is, and if you do a little, a couple of little things to defend it, could make it feel a lot better. I mean, I, I know, like I know how it is. Sometimes I'm in bed, and it's just like they'll blank out my mind. Any kind of thought that I have, it turns into mush. It's like I feel like I'm tripping without the feeling of tripping. Um, so I know where you're at, where they, they really mess with your thinking. Um, but if you can just, like, you know, do do a couple of things, do heavy breathing, um, like natural natural breathing, 
um, and, and maybe take an extra anti-anxiety medicine and, and just make it till tomorrow, you know, email me. I'll get you that CD out as soon as possible. You can start listening to it. And, like, listen to some yeah. binaural beats tonight. Kyle, are you willing to give out your email um, on the call? I know yeah. it's kind of a private thing. So, Brian, do you have a piece of paper and a pencil? Let let Kyle give you his address, and then you guys can get in touch with each other. I can't get out of the chair. I can't get out of the chair. Can't get out of the chair. Can't get out of the chair. I can't get out of the chair. Can you? Can I have you? no control to get out of the chair. I have no will to get out of the chair. I have no. No, I can't. I know where. I can't get out of the chair. No, you see, you're wrapping yourself into a spiral. No, now, say, I'm say, not. Just I literally can only move when they move me. I can only move when they move me. Maybe ask them for right now. Ask them if they'll let you get out of the chair. Be like, can All I right. get out? Can I, can, I, can I write something down? Yeah, Maybe that's just, a good way to do it. Just think to them. Think to them, hey, can I get out of my chair? Can I go get a pencil? and see if that works. And breathe. Like, breathe through your nose and out your mouth. And just keep... Everyone paying attention, you know, because you've been in the program a long time and you're in some of the advanced stages of mind control. This is what can happen if you repeat what they tell you, I have you don't want to re- control. You don't want to repeat what no they con- tell you. I'm just saying whatever comes out. I don't. I don't. I, I know. can't think anymore. I know, but we're going to help you. We're going to help you. So get the pencil, get a pen, or or type it. You know, type it in on your phone, on your note. You know, notepad. It's a pretty easy email, Brian. I think you can remember too. It's it's just Vulcan. Like spot Vulcan Wolverine at gmail dot com. You know, it? like Vulcan Wolverine. You know, like the X Man, like Vulcan, like Spock, and then Wolverine, like the X Man. Vulcan Wolverine at gmail dot com. Okay. And in I know, like I know, it feels like sometimes you don't have control, but you, you have to tell yourself. You have to keep, like Sue says, you have to keep repeating, I do have control. I do, even if it feels like you don't. Like, even if it feels like they're controlling every thought, you've got to start saying, I do have control. I do have control. I do have control. You know, give yourself some positive reinforcement. Because your mind's really powerful, Brian. Like, it's really powerful. So it's like they're, they're putting some thoughts in there and some feelings and the voices. Like they put feelings with the voices. So sometimes they'll they'll do V2K and they'll put a feeling with that. So it'll make you feel fear or anxiety when you usually wouldn't. So you just got to realize it, it, it's kind of like you got to – it's a comp reference. I'm sorry, Brian. But you got to realize it's kind of like the scarecrow. It's not real. It's not really you. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just a, a scarecrow poison. You know, it's not really you. That's you know, right. What Kyle is saying is true. It's not really you. It's programs and frequencies and the languaging repeating over and over. That you have, That is something that 
You know, if you can grab onto one little phrase, if you could say something really good to yourself right now, what would it be? You're still here. How about that? You're still here, and we care about you. This community cares about you. We care about you. We do, Brian. And what Sue's saying is so true. And maybe you getting on that call wasn't them. Maybe they were making you think that it was them, but it was really you, you know. Mm -hmm. So maybe you have a lot more power than you think. You just got to keep telling yourself that. I know sometimes it feels like they're in total control. You just got to be like, I'm in control. My mind's powerful. I can fight this. And I know it goes on so long. Um, And, you know, if you're on a lot of medications, it can make it harder. Um, But if you can just get, you know, just just say, I got to get through tonight. Get through tonight, and in the morning, I'm going to figure it out. If you can just get through tonight, get some ice packs, you know, get cover your ears. So put something in your ears. Um, either put some aluminum foil just right around the ears, or if you have some uh, cotton balls, you know, put that, um, you know, get something in those ears or some earbuds with music. You know, definitely try and listen to some music and just breathe through your nose and out your mouth. Do you, can you remember my email? Yes. Can you remember my email? So you can email me. You can email me tonight. If you, like, whenever, however late that you, that you know, whenever you can get to the email, uh, just email me. And, and just send me your address, and I'll send you out the CD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Um, earbuds with music. Um, and now... Brian, uh, just so hang on. We we might have a few other people who want to talk. So hang on. Maybe some other people have ideas. Like wide-eyed in the chat says use earplugs or really earbuds and music. Uh, headphones, which cover your ears with music. And I also say cover your whole head if you if you can make some kind of helmet, even if it's just a wet towel because water blocks the frequencies. If you can put a wet towel over your head and cover your ears with the water, that will help. Um, and, you know, I know that I've tried that. Even a wet paper towel over the years will block frequencies for a little while. So um, that's good. Anybody else want to join in? Just star eight. We're helping Brian. Uh, we're sharing ideas. But the topic for tonight is love. And I think that's maybe maybe Brian came on with his need because we have a need to love. You know? We meet his need with our need and we want to share that love. Texas. It is uh, it is on. it is can I, can I one more thing, Sue, and then I'll, yeah, I'll go. No, you can stay on. You can stay. I just want to unmute Texas. Go ahead. Well, Brian, I just want to tell you, man, like, you know, I wasn't going to talk on the call tonight, but, you know, hearing you, like, some of my worst situations, you know, I felt like you. And so, you know, I was feeling like, man, I don't even feel love anymore. I don't, you know, I've I've kind of put fear, I've cauterized myself, and I, you know, I don't know what I feel anymore. Um, But, you know, if I can help you out, bud, I mean, that's that's what we've got to do. And if, if mm-hmm. I can help you and you can learn, you know, how to block some of this stuff out and pull yourself up, then you can do it for other people too, you know. Right. So don't give up, man. Don't give up and don't give them power. Like, I know it feels like they have all the power in the world, but you've got to keep saying, I've got the power. I've got the power, you know. 
still there, Ron? You can say, at least you can say, I'm still here. It's just frequencies. You know, I'm still here. Maybe, you know, they can't hear me, but I am. I'm hearing myself, right? And those are all good suggestions, Kyle. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm just working the board right now. Texas, you're on the air, and then I'll get to Karen. No, I was just going to say that uh, he, he's a fan as well. Some of my little home of the fan will help, you know, probably break that, uh, you know, remote monitoring or something. It's hard to understand you, hon. Can you speak up a little bit closer to your mic? I'm sorry. I'm driving and listening. Uh, I understand he keeps a fan. Uh, what? A box fan or something. You know, that little hum sometimes helps drown out, you know, what he's feeling. Yeah, I think what you just said, I didn't catch all the words, but I think what Texas just suggested is um, to drown them out with something else, which called noise to signal ratio. It's actually a technical, you know, term in radio uh broadcasting and uh you know, every kind of analysis of sound. It's noise to signal ratio. And what you want to do is turn up the noise if you want to break the signal. So that's the basic formula for that. Okay, Karen, you're on the air. I just wanted to ask <clears throat> Hi, I just wanted to ask if Kyle or someone could give a hand. Um, uh, British Columbia trying to get on and needs to be streamed, and I'm my phone won't do it for some reason. <clears throat> oh, uh, okay. I I couldn't do it uh, on my board right maybe, now. Maybe maybe Kyle could do it. I don't know. Somebody can stream BC's phone signal. What do they do? Like triangulate yeah, the... Kyle, Kyle would know how to do it. You just call into oh. the call and then you call him oh. and you merge it. Wait, I, I don't know how to do that. How do we do that? You you call into the call or from, from the call you just call him. You just start punching in his numbers and it'll call him and then when you call him it'll pop up with merge because it knows you're already on a conference call and when you call another person it'll assume you want to merge so you hit the merge button. As soon as he answers you say okay hang on and you hit the merge button and he'll come on your call. So hit the mute button on your phone so he doesn't come on speaking on your line. He's in Canada. Will it, will it be the same fees? Like, yeah, I it's, call? All, it's all the same. But, It'll just be coming in on your speaker. Okay, well, it's, it's like, really expensive for me to call him. Like, if we're not talking on talk shoots, it's, like, $50 for two hours. Oh, 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 okay, never mind then. Oh. I didn't realize you didn't have that. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And does he have Skype? Because Skype will work on TalkShoe. I know that's a little more money, too, but you could try that. Um, yeah. Okay, do you want me to leave you open? If I can mute my mic. Okay, that's good. Uh, I've got a couple more people here. Hang on. Massachusetts, you're on the air. Massachusetts, unmute yourself. All right. So, well, you're you're unmuted whenever you get around to talking. We're trying to share love tonight. Sometimes it's with each other. You know. Sometimes that's when we feel the most. You know, it, it occurred to me about 20 years ago when I was running shows on, on the radio, 
that some homeless people are some of the most enlightened because what they do is they bring the love out of some of us. You know, they call out for compassion. It pulls the compassion out of us so that we can feel it and act on it. Even, you know, sometimes the children, you ever see these stories about small children who have diseases and then they die young and it just breaks your heart, you know? Well, those are really advanced souls because they know somehow that they're going to have a short life, but what they're going to do is tremendous, tremendous heartbreaking, you know, soul awakening stuff. And because if they get on TV and it becomes a news story, they have affected so many lives with their little life for their short little painful life. They have increased our love so many dimensions wide. And um, I think of those as some of the most enlightened beings. So, uh, Brian, thank you for helping us to open our hearts tonight. And anybody else want to just star eight, and you can join the conversation. Maybe you have some suggestions. I know Oregon, uh, Amy from Oregon was on earlier. She gets a lot of ETK, and she fights hard. Amy, do you want to give some suggestions to Brian about that? Because I think you have a lot of experience with it. Still there? Amy? Uh, hi, I have to leave. I'm in the library. I have to walk at the library, so just give me a few minutes. Okay. That's nice and quiet in there. But you really have to fight back. It's it's hard, you know. Hard. I know I wasn't originally built for, for warriorship. I didn't think I was going to have to fight Know, especially getting older and weaker and having to fight every day, fight for my life. No, that wasn't in my plan. I didn't have it in my five-year, ten-year plan. But that's what we got to do. Fight for our minds, fight for our hearts, fight for our souls. Okay, I'm out of the library now. Hi. Hi, uh, Brian? Brian, are you there? Yeah, he's still there. Yeah. Hi, Brian. Hi, hi. Um, yeah, so um, sorry, uh, sorry you're going through these hardships. Um, it's it's not too late to take back your power. It's not too late. You're breathing. You're alive. You 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 have the will, the free will to call on, call the conference call tonight, right? I mean, you, no, you, you, they picked me up and dialed the phone with my body. Is, do you really believe that wholeheartedly? Do you really believe but, that they did that and not you? Is that absolutely true that they did that? Absolutely. They told me over and over again, nobody will ever believe it. They told me over and over and over again, Brian is dead, no one will ever believe it. So 
so how, so it's been 34 years, right? It's been 34 years for you that you've been targeted? Yes, at least. Yeah. So it's a really, really long time. And so, um, but you know what? You, 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 you still have power. You, you know, I really believe you have power. I really believe that you're, you've been influenced and to believe this, believe some of what you believe, and 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 I know I know what's happened to you and to other people, other 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 TIs is possible. So I've been fighting with all my life not to let that happen to me. So I just don't. I never. I don't talk to it. I call it it. It's not human to me. It's monster. It's a monster. And I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't pay attention because it's something that's um, that's unwelcome. It and, uh, killed me. No, no, it hasn't killed you. It just, no, it just wants you to believe I it that it killed you. Times. It told me I was dead for a minute at least. It's well. If it's killed, if it's, it's killed, it's, it's, I don't believe it's killed you. I I don't believe it. I don't believe it, and uh, I believe that you can pull yourself back up. If you just if you just change a lot of things that you do, change your routines. If you if you get you some, that, you keep, that, that's survival. That's your survival instinct. That's your survival instinct. You know, I don't know. Okay, whatever. All right, okay, I'm sorry. All right, whatever. All right. Yeah, but you got more than that, Brian. You got more than that. You got to just keep on. Sometimes it feels like, it feels like, you know, because you're saying, you know, you think you've been brain damaged. It feels like that. If you can get some defenses, like, you know, you know, filling your ears with maybe some wet, some wet toilet paper even, um, you know, just to give yourself a little bit of relief, you can pick yourself up. It's a real thin line um, between feeling like you're you're dying and then having some defenses and being able to you know kind of recuperate. Like you can do it, man. You can do it. Deep breath. Like get through tonight. You know, at the emergency room, do they give you they gave you something for anxiety, right? You may, maybe just maybe now. Take a couple of deep breaths if you can get to that. If you can let it melt, maybe melt on your tongue instead of taking one, so it can it can reach your your system faster. And then you can do a couple of these things like get ice, you know, get some ice and put it on your head so so the inflammation's down. You'll gain more control and then and put either earbuds in those ears, or or cotton balls or you know even wet toilet paper or put aluminum just over just cover the ears. Um, with maybe some aluminum in the kitchen because they're sending signals. You know, they're either sending them through vibrations through your bones up to your ear or through to your ears. And I'm willing to bet I'm willing to bet some of them are coming straight to your ears. Do you think you could you could get up to do that? You know, maybe get some some earbuds or something and get those buds.
I just I think it's more you. Like it, it feels like sometimes they're controlling you, and you go with that thought, and they're going to remote neural manipulate that more. That thought that they're doing everything, they're controlling everything. They can give you that perceptual thought, but you know, calling in, they probably wouldn't have had you call in here. You know, so it's probably it probably was you. It probably feels like it was them. You know. You just gotta keep telling yourself. You, know, you gotta keep telling yourself, "I'm in control here. I'm in control here. I can move my body. You know, I can move my body, and you'll get there." Yeah, you've had a really deep, penetrating brainwashing that they 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 programmed your subconscious mind to believe everything you believe. It's none of it is true. It's just what this what these these evil programs want you to believe, so they can take over you. And so once once they have your mind, they can start taking over parts of your body. That's how it works. So if you take your mind back, you can get your body in control again. Uh, well, here's so, where I think here's where I think it stems from. The brainwashing is is really a big part of it and he had a lot of time and they had they had a lot of chances to brainwash him but the main thing has to do with if you believe that they did that if you believe that they're in control then they've won you cannot believe whatever they say you can't you have to counter with your own belief and you can make up any belief you want basically i lost uh, I lost years ago, right? I lost my mm-hmm. drugs. I lost my brainwashing. I lost. Whatever it is, I probably killed my all right? Whatever it is, I did, all right? You can't. Okay, but, I did. but it's not, not over. Jump. Okay, I'm sorry. It's not over yet, though, Brian. You're still here. You can change that. Okay, so maybe you lost the battle, but the war is not over. We're in the war, too. And we have battles that we win, and sometimes we lose, and sometimes we're beat up, and sometimes we roll out of bed, and sometimes we can't. And sometimes we eat, and sometimes we can't, you know? Uh, it's, uh, it's a constant war, but it isn't over yet. So you still have a chance. We're all going to go through ups and downs, no doubt about that. And you haven't lost in our minds. You haven't no. lost in our minds because you're still here and you're still fighting. So you you're not done yet. You know, you're not done. It feels like that. It feels like that, Brian. It just it just feels like that. You got to do you got to do some small things, and and we can start doing some big things. If you can get in touch with me, I can send you some stuff that this this the CD can unentrain your brain to where when you hear the V2K. You may not be as susceptible to it. You'll start kind of snapping back to yourself and being like, "Oh, you know, screw them." Um, you know, because they're they're giving you a lot of feelings. They're giving you a lot of feelings, and they're, you know, they do have some control. But but you gotta just you gotta take everything that you can back and start to defending, blocking some of it out. Um, and you, you haven't lost. Like it it feels that way. They may have even put that subliminal thought in your head. Like, hey, I've lost. I lost a couple of years ago, you know. Of course, um, they, of, 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 course, of course they put every every thought in his head that he's lost. Otherwise, he would never have those thoughts. 
because he, I can tell he has a lot of spirit and a lot of strength in him. Brian, I, I, I believe in you. I believe in you so much. I believe you have strength and you have courage. I believe you have a lot of courage because otherwise you wouldn't be on the sofa listening to three people right now talking to, to well, you know, three people talking to you right now. You'd say, I, I, this is gobbledygook. This is not going to help me. I just believe I'm, I'm a goner. I'm dead. You don't really, it, there's a part of you, there's a part of you that does not believe that. Right. And by the way, it's more like 40 people listening to you and we do believe you. We do. Do you believe me? Yeah. Yeah, Brian. We believe you, man. We're all going through similar stuff, man. We definitely believe you. Definitely. We know about this program. Yeah, so hang on. Anybody else who wants to start, join the conversation. We're talking about love compassion, caring, stretching our hearts to include others, including other people, other forms of life, other creatures, uh, the world. So we'll have a conversation here. And also prayer, you know. Um, Don't forget that you do have God and the angels and the Holy Spirit, anytime you want, anytime you start praying, open a Bible, read something that helps you believe. Do you have um, any faith? Do you have some faith left, Brian? I didn't hear anything from him. Okay, West Washington State, you're on the air. I'd like to read something from the Bible, if if it's okay, if, if Brian's still on there. I came in late, and I've just been hearing the last part of the conversation. Yeah, but, go ahead. Okay, I just want to preface here. This technology is designed to deceive everyone, everyone. That has been prophesied in the Bible. There is such a thing as demons. Jesus had to deal with demons, and I believe this technology is designed to act that way. So if Brian can understand, it's designed to deceive you and lie to you and make you believe it. That's what the devil wants anyway. He wants he wants everybody to think he's more powerful than God, but he's not. Let me just read you very quickly a little three-paragraph thing. So this is about what uh, Jesus was doing. Uh, anyway, it says, The next day when they came down from the mountain, a large crowd met him. Just then a man from the crowd cried out, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son because he's my only child. Often the spirit seizes him. Suddenly he shrieks and it throws him into the convulsions until he foams at the mouth, um, wounding him. Uh, It hardly ever leaves him. I begged your disciples to drive it out, but they couldn't. Jesus replied, you unbelieving and rebellious generation, how long will I be with you and put up with you? Bring your son here. As the boy was still approaching, the demon knocked him down and threw him and into severe convulsions. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, cured the boy, and gave him back to his father. And they were all astonished at the greatness of God. If you will appeal to the Lord Jesus, 
he he is the one who has conquered death. He died. He was killed. And he was raised again three days later after being in the tomb for three days. You put your faith in him. He has charge of you. He created you. He loves you. He loved you enough to do what he did. So you do that, and um, and I promise you, he will not let um, whatever this technology wants to do to you. You put your complete trust in him and stop trusting these stupid uh, mad scientists who have created a technology that can do this kind of thing. They're smart. Oh, they're smart. And they may have the help from the devil. I mean, I can believe that's possible. But I'm telling you, there is a power greater, much greater than anything we can even imagine. And I, I believe him all the way, but I can't even imagine how very powerful this God is. Who made a universe that is absolutely wonderful. It works. It, if we don't mess with it enough, <laughs> too much, then it works in the way that he created it, all the way down to the tiniest of DNA or the largest. The universe is, is <laughs> you've got a solar system that looks just like an atom. He's a designer. He created you. He created everything about you. He created your body and your mind. Not your brain now. We're talking. You've created your brain, but these people are latching on to the to the technical part of you. That's all they know. They're stuck in this world. But you talk to the Lord Jesus, and you tell him you want to be with him forever, and he will he will fulfill that promise. I guarantee you that. So I just wanted to say that, and you will be in my prayers tonight, Ryan. Yeah. And everybody else on the call. Thank you, Lonnie. You know. Um that story is so good because it's possible that he's been uh that he's got so many dark spirits in him that he can't see past it you know there are frequencies and there are dark spirits and Christ can take those dark spirits off of you that's one of the things that he can do with you for you if you pray and become loyal to him he can help you with that And we yeah, are in a program. It, we are in a program where it's hard to distinguish between the frequencies and the spirits. So we have to discern that. But Christ can do that, and the Holy Spirit. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Paul. Oh no, I was just going to say, yeah. I mean, and, and Brian, like, I'm a I'm a pretty scientific mind, um, and I like to stay grounded. And I know that there's physical defenses for this, but. You know, God's hand is in this. So if you pray to him, um, you know, and just ask the ask the Holy Spirit to come in, you you'll you'll things will happen. You'll get ideas for defense. You know, God God's gonna take care of you, God's gonna defend you. Um, so it'll it'll clear you out. Um, you know, it'll it'll make you a lot brighter inside, but you know, God'll also give you things in the natural world too. It can kind of bring you out of this. So you got to believe in that universal loving force. Its hand is in this, even though it seems like it's not. It seems like everything's dark. He really is here, you know. That's right. Yeah. He's here with us. Mm-hmm. And in this call, you know, quantum theology, that's what we're about. You know, we we have a battle of energy and physics and chemistry and minds. You know, it's all wrapped up together. 
and God is with us while we're going through it. Yeah, and I, I believe that there's something, you know, beyond these frequencies that they're playing around with. You know, they play around with our emotions and, um, you know, sometimes it feels like that's all we are because they're messing around so much with that. But I feel like there's stuff that we have not discovered. Um, you know, God gives us power through things that are that are even beyond these frequencies that we can't even understand. And if we just have the will to just reach past this, just to, to, to reach really down deep inside stuff you don't even think that you, you that you have, Brian, you know, it's there. There's there's more to us than what they're doing to us. You know, you you have a soul and they can't touch it. You know, they can't touch your soul. And it doesn't feel like that because it's like everything on the surface has just been, you know, they destroyed it. Um, but there's more. There's more deeper down inside of you that you can fight with. Yeah, that's right. Um, at the quarter after the hour, let me just ask, does anybody want to open a call after this one? We're going to talk for another 40, 45 minutes. Um, Karen or anybody else, if you would like to have a call after, just let me know and I'll announce it. So go ahead, Kyle. I just want to say that. And we're working hard. Now, everything that we say to Brian tonight, it goes for everybody. All the suggestions for anybody. Um, You know, we can all use those things. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, my attacker just told me you confirm for them that you can bring back the dead with the word. They can what? You can bring back the dead with the word. You can. You can. And, and that, that means you're not dead, though. Yeah. They're trying to scare you, though. I, I know what their intention is. They're trying to scare them. That, uh, well, it doesn't work all the time. You can program the brain to do anything. And apparently they, bring it back. They can't do everything. See, um, here's the thing. Here's the thing. They're trying to scare you again. So don't. Don't be scared of what they're telling you. We can tell you right now. We're here. They can't do everything. I know that. They cannot. They want you to think that. Yeah, they like the control, Brian. They like they like having control over you and feeling like they have control over you, but they don't have as much as it feels like. You know, there's something beyond the stuff that they're messing with. You, you just got to dig deep down. If there's anything that, that inspires you, maybe maybe get that and hold on to it right now, like anything external, like a book that you really love. Um, I don't know if you if you like DVDs, like movies. Um, if there's a movie that you really like, like maybe it's the time right now to 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 reach out and and take that in externally. You know, kind of connect with that externally so that you're not connecting with them, so that you're connecting with maybe that thing that gives you inspiration. That's right. You need another external focus. Another, a different focus other than them. And hang on, California, you will be on the air. 
California. Hi, Sue. Hi. I just Hi. wanted to ask you, because um, I just came into the conversation, mm-hmm. uh, what just uh, what you were talking about it was interesting. Okay. So. Yeah, I uh, opened the, with the theme of love, the heart, and relations with all of life. Okay. And um, the last 45 minutes or so, we're trying to help Brian, who has been heavily entrained over the last 35 years. Oh. Um, and so we're all, like, offering suggestions of faith and neurolinguistics and affirmations mm-hmm. and uh, just believing in ourselves again. That's what we're working on. Do you want to share something? Um, is I guess my question is, um, is Brian um, focusing too much on what they're doing yeah. and not focusing enough on bettering his own life in any way he can? Okay. Is that what you're saying? I mean, basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's the summary of it. Uh huh. Yeah. That's um. Uh, when I don't know what to do, I uh, think about the best thing to do that day to make the next day better. So um, sometimes, like today, all I can do is stay in bed to have a better day tomorrow. And I look at life that way and um, would encourage any TI because in the beginning, um, I because it was so shocking to me, I was overly focused on what they were doing because that's what they do, is get your attention off of um, what you're doing and on to what they're doing. So um, I kept a journal, Brian, and went back and looked at my journal and said, wait a minute, they're doing this, they're doing that, and then they did this today, and they did that today. Okay, what did I do? Nothing. <laughs> I read about what they did. Just so them and their stuff <laughs> all the time. Um, so anyway, that helped me. I don't know if that helps you. But I knew with my mind that day that I wasn't going to have uh, five or ten years more of journals about what they were doing, that um, my journals were going to be uh, trying to help me and my situation. And, of course, um, documenting what they were saying or doing, because mine were, my perps were in my face. So... I did all that, but I also had to be sure that there was room to um, do what I needed to do or to focus on, um, even though I suffered for it. I still had to keep my life in some way moving forward, although a lot of times it didn't look like it, but um, you just never know. We just have to keep um, moving that direction. Yes, that's good. Really good. Um, Let me just uh, interrupt quickly here. Kyle offers to open a call after this one. All right. It would be around 9 o'clock Pacific and midnight Eastern time. His call number is TalkShoe at 142-394. That's Kyle's call at one four two three nine four, and everybody knows Kyle. 
he's a good guy, and I'm sure it'll be a lively conversation. So thank you so much. That's good. And, you know, all that advice that was coming from Christina just now, Brian, well, or anybody who's suffering a lot, you're listening to somebody who has been targeted almost her whole life, and that's how she got through. So that's really good advice from somebody who knows how heavily targeted a person can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just turned a big corner, Sue. What's that? Um, with my targeting, I turned a big corner that um, I wasn't prepared for because, you know, it never happened like this before. But... Um, the way I'm getting targeted now has changed drastically. And um, so I'm about to find out, because I'm going to have to uh, do some testing. Um, I have a lot of medical that is very serious stuff. So um, even with the traumatic brain injury that started this in 2003, um, it wasn't like this. I had a lot of, I don't know where it came from, but I reached out with the traumatic brain injury, and I always um, advise people also to never stop reaching out. And um, I reached out and met a lot of people over the phone. I don't even know where they came from or um, how I got in touch with them, but they started calling me, telling me about their traumatic brain injury recoveries and um, how not to be concerned about it because not everybody stays in that condition uh, that you're in, you know, when it, the first couple of months or the first few years, and actually, um, as mine turned out, uh, 10 years. So I met a lot of people that gave me hope and encouragement saying that they were completely paralyzed and couldn't walk, couldn't do anything, and um, couldn't feed themselves, and they, after 10 years, they were back to normal life. So um, that's why you never know how things are going to work out. You just don't know. And um, life can be full of surprises. And um, with TIs, too, you just don't know how things are going to work out, so you have to um, plan for the worst and hope for the best and uh, keep moving forward. But anyway, um, so now uh, after the traumatic brain injury, 10 years later I had another traumatic brain injury, if you can believe it, the second one of that sort. It's actually my third one in my life. And... um, Now I have other issues. And the hardest one, even harder than the traumatic brain injury and the seizures and all that stuff, even harder than that because I wasn't alone through any of it. I wasn't in any kind of ideal situations at all. But it wasn't um, as bad. And um, so now uh, what I'm facing Uh, especially this last week, and actually September until now, has been much more debilitating. That is, it's the big one, really. Um, 
in this whole targeting thing, a hard targeting situation. So anybody that can um, still walk around, take care of yourself, do what you have to do, and you're really miserable with your targeting, um, it always can be worse. That's what I found out is you have to make the most of those times when you're um, in better physical condition. Because the longer it goes on, naturally, the higher the risk of something happening that is You know what? That's that's a good point um, that you make. You know, if you're having a good day, you try to get a few things done because you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And if you have a bad day, you also know that tomorrow could be a lot different. So... It's always make right. the best of the moment. Exactly. And we don't live for five years down the road anymore because, mm-hmm. you know, we just don't know. We don't know. We don't and know. also, I want to add also that we don't know what the elections are going to be. We don't know how the world no, is going to be. We don't know if there's going to be a war and we're going to have to, like, you know, change our lifestyle or, you know, we, we have no idea. Nobody's got the crystal ball on the whole world and That's all right. the events. So, you know, what could happen is do we think this might be the rest of our lives, but what if there's a huge economic collapse and they don't fund the program anymore? I mean, what if? Well, there, um, you know, I think that's been already taken into account because what we're dealing with, Sue, is world-class thieves at the top of this. Because I know a lot of people think um, that the, the government is voluntarily um, handing over money to them, but um, the truth of the matter is, I my opinion of things, um, from looking at a security standpoint, is that uh, they're stealing a lot of money. They're stealing a lot of money. And I asked, um, you know, why are they, I asked family members of mine, why are they so interested in you? Why would this house mean that much to them? Why uh, is, why are they going after these things like it was the last money on the face of the earth? And she said, it always can be the last money on the face of the earth. And they go after $10 like it was $10 billion. and because it adds up. So I said, but these guys are so rich. She said, oh, yeah, they're rich, and they're spending so much money every single day. That one little um, chink in the armor, and they're sunk. And she said they have uh, substance abuse issues and they have um, gambling issues. So she said if you think it's a stable environment that they're in, it is completely financially unstable too. It is not as stable as uh, people would think. So... um, because I was kind of confused. If they're, you know, this rich, why are they doing it this way? And she said, they always do it that way. That's where they got their money from. You know, are they after every inheritance that's a large inheritance? Yeah. If they can get their hands on it. Yes. If they can get their hands on it. If it's something that opens up to them and they get the right connections to step in. And uh, my experience, too, Sue, with the perps I saw, was that um, 
there were jewel thieves involved. And I, you know, I figured out a lot of this stuff was like, this is hard to believe. But then I realized that um, they've been doing this since the 70s. They stole a lot of jewels from um, people that travel a lot, and um, they make copies of them in Italy with expert jewel makers and make copies, and what they have is um, they've stolen the real jewels and replaced them with something that looks a lot like it, and then sometimes the people catch on and sometimes they don't. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It was, you know, my mother had um, some uh, diamond studs, stud earrings, and I can't remember exactly um, what size they were, but she thought they were the same ones that she always had. They were old, and she'd had them a long time, and they were in gold settings. And so she gave them to me, and said, um, I don't wear pierced earrings anymore. You might as well take these. And then I looked at them, and something about it didn't look quite right. And then I asked, this is the second time this has happened, I asked a jeweler, and he said, I think these are sapphires. These aren't diamonds. But I can guarantee you they're not diamonds. They're big enough to, um, you know, get a legitimate test from, and they are definitely not diamonds. But they are probably a semi-precious stone. So I told her, and she said, the look on her face, and she kept telling me over and over um, to make sure uh, with her jewelry that I didn't let it out of my, because she wanted me to take it. At a point, she gave it to me and said, you know, make sure you never take, if you take these, put them on and don't take them off. Because if you leave them in the house or, you know, anything like that, you'll never know what happened. Well, sure enough, um, the house was broken into. They stole them. They came back, and they were different. The shape of the gold ring was not the right shape. They did it deliberately, so it was cast in something like bronze, and it was crooked actually crooked, and they actually did it deliberately to let me know that they're gone. So, and the, um, my mother had a white sapphire that she always claimed was a sapphire. She never uh, tried to get anyone to believe she had, like, a 20-carat diamond or anything like that. I mean, not in front of me, anyway. So, um, that came back. It's just plain glass. And now that's gone. Now it's all gone anyway. So um, there were, because the only people that would um, take jewelry like that and have it cast and make another ring would be people that are in that business. They're not just doing it, you know, one house and this house and that's all. They're they're in that business. There's somebody who's who's, um, trading and probably taking it to auction. Yeah, they're probably getting a lot of trading going on. Yeah. Yes, that's right. So um, this is all big business. You know, it's uh, schemers and con people and stuff like that, but, um, you know, who's really involved in it. And I can just imagine what other people go through, um, 
you know, that have safes at home and leave people at home uh, watching their houses, and they may not know their safe is broken into, that their house is being watched and all their jewelry duplicated or whatever's in that, you know, whatever's in the safe. So anyway, it's just um, a lot different a program than a lot of people think it's just a government doing everything or something like that, but it's Big crime rings, big, big, big crime rings involved in all kinds of stuff. So anyway, um, you know, that part of things was a big learning experience. But the main thing was, um, you know, I took it as a learning experience, but I had to keep moving things forward, not knowing um, the outcome, but moving things forward. And, boy, it took some twists and turns. I never... Never, never, never expect it. Mm-hmm. So TIs have to take everything in and learn as much as they can and, um, you know, prepare for anything when you can. Because, you know, when I look back now, I think, wow, you know, I was um, so much more able even three years ago than I am now. I mean, so much has changed in my situation that, um, in my targeting, because it does escalate. Everything like that, you know, well, it can escalate. And, you know, like you said, you don't know it could end and um, something drastic could happen. But mm-hmm. I always thought that in 13 years and... Um, Never, never expected um, to reach the point, this point. It's surprising to me. But um, also, the good news is I never expected to hear such good people on the calls. Because, you know, people, they come and they go and stuff like that. So um, there's been a big improvement. Yeah. And there's Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff to navigate through. Yeah, and, you know, when we catch up to some of the information and technology, then next thing you know is that they upgrade or they change it somehow. So it's a constant learning curve. And um, Yes, it is. And it's a good thing that we can share things with each other and educate each other. Um, but ultimately, you know, I think we're learning some very, very big spiritual lessons, which is not to be attached too much to the world and its values to institutes and governments and its values to not be too attached to your job, your home, your properties, um, because things change. They always change, and the ultimate goal, you know, when we leave this world is going to be facing God and how much we've done for him, not, you know, how many properties did you own, you know. I mean, you know, how what was your bill every month on the electric bill? I mean, none of that's going to matter. None of it. Yeah. Well, all, all right, and yeah. All that we have in the end is what good we've done, you know, or bad, and how we face God with it. And it's not gonna, you're not going to be able to take any of your, um, you know, clothes and shoes anyway. You know, you're not yeah. going to be able to take your cars with you. So. 
Your oh, your cars. Is that what you said? Yeah, your cars, your cars, your trucks, your planes. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, that's totally true. And one thing um, I learned in this was um, when you can't do anything else, maybe you can do volunteer work. When you can't get a job or you can't, um, you know, do anything else, that maybe you can do volunteer work. And that, you know, if you do it in the right spirit, it always works out. That's one thing you can count on is that will work out. Yeah. Whenever you give. Exactly. I mean, like doing these calls, when somebody asks, what do you do? You know, I say, well, I volunteer at night. But it's true. You know, That's right. That's exactly I don't, it. I don't tell them, you know, that it's all about TI issues or whatnot, but it is something that we do, it, and it is volunteer, and we help right. the Southern. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, it's it, and it's um, critical volunteering. It really is, because I depended on these calls uh, for the last four years for sure, and maybe five, I don't know how many years it's been, but it's been a long time, and um, I went through the good times and the bad times and the uh, breakup of organizations and all the ups and downs and surprises, and so, um, but it's all good in the end. At least this was in the end, I think. Anyway, that's how I saw it was um, if all you can do is lend emotional support and encouragement, that's a lot. That's more than anything else is doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really. And, and there's so much suffering in the world that if you have the heart for it to give, even if you if you don't have any money and you don't have a lot of goods, you can still pray for people who are suffering. And, you know, you can still pray for refugees on a boat. Uh, you can pray for homeless animals. You can pray for whatever, you know, whatever your particular cause is. And, and suffering you know, people. Suffering, that's right. Yeah, and that this will end. That, yeah. you know, something will bring it to a to a halt. Which, um, you know, I said this kind of four years ago. My opinion was Hitler fell, Attila the Hun... Um, his girlfriend killed him by poisoning him, was suspected. And um, they all died. They're all gone. Stalin, Lenin, they're all gone. The czars are a vicious, vicious group with the czars. And they're all gone. So um, this will be gone, too, eventually. This will be gone. So I don't know, you know, if it's going to be in my lifetime or not, but I know that um, all things like this, God has the last word. That's one thing I know for sure is that he has always had the last word. In Babylon, in Sodom and Gomorrah, the sons of Korah, I mean, over and over and over. He had the last word with Cain and Abel. Um, all the disastrous kinds of things. Yeah. So he'll have it again. You know, whether I'm going to see it or not, I don't predict um, things that I really don't have an answer for. I don't predict anything. But um, 
I know uh, that he'll have the last word. That's for sure. So, but as far as um, when, it's hard to predict dates. The only date that I see that is pretty obvious that sticks out is the year 2020. And um, it's kind of an obvious year because of, um, I've always said it's going to be the year of perfect vision. So um, that's a that's going to be interesting <laughs> because most things um, are designed to be obvious if they're important. It's like when um, the trade centers were attacked, however that attack came about, that was... Um, they picked the date of 9-11 for that. Yeah, it sounded like they did. Like they had that planned. I, I don't know. You know, it's just it's all what we hear these days, you know. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I know in my life um, I'm coming up on the anniversary of my traumatic brain injury. And um, it was October the 21st. And so I've been kind of reading and um, discovering that the number 21 is Jezebel's number. It's from 1 Kings 21, I think, and it's um, Jezebel's story, Jezebel and Ahab. So the number 21 is pretty significant for that. And um, my accident was on, my traumatic brain injury accident was on October the 21st, 2003, and my re-injury, which I took pictures of because my eye was um, blacked out and I was knocked out, and that was October, the photographs are documented, um, and I didn't even realize it till much later because I was, um, you know, knocked unconscious that time. It was October the 21st, 2013. It was, um, and it was the same time of day that uh, I was planning on going to the courthouse to file a restraining order against um, this guy that um, I felt was responsible for a lot of this. And that's when that attack occurred. So it was another traumatic brain injury that lasted. That was about three years to get over. But um, So it was October the 21st, 2003, then a reoccurrence remotely by on October the 21st, 2013. And now it's three years um, t- this week. It'll be three years to the day um, since my last major injury, and I have um, two things going on. I don't know, you know, but two things going on. So it's pretty interesting that you do have to watch the dates. Hmm. Well, I wouldn't focus too much on it because they can make an anniversary out of it. Um, You know what I'm saying? Like, if you expect something to happen on a certain day, they might make that happen. So No, um, it's the opposite, Sue, with me. I don't know about other people. 
but um, they caught me unexpectedly in 2013 on the anniversary. It never even occurred to me that that was the anniversary day. So they caught me. They, um, one of their big ploys is the element of surprise. And when you're ready for it and you announce it, they're like, oh, you know, she just outed us. Mm-hmm. And they don't do it because you've outed them. Sometimes they do it anyway, but it's not the same. It's not the same um, kind of an attack as the surprise attacks that come out of nowhere. Like yeah. the thir- yeah, like the October twenty-one thirteen. Never, e- I didn't even think about it that day. I probably would have said, mm, you know, now knowing what I know, I would have said, I think I should stay home today, and just, um, you know, do some other things, not do any activism or something. Yeah. So that would have been smarter of me, and I kind of play things that way now that when it's the anniversary of my mother's death or um, the anniversary of a traumatic brain injury, I try to think ahead more than be caught off guard because Friday the 13th of this, um, 2016, that's when I had my, it was May, Friday the 13th is when I had all my, uh, computer and phone and backup drive and everything stolen. Everything stolen uh, I'm with my briefcase and ID, everything. So everything that was any value was in that briefcase. So that was on Friday the 13th. And if I had looked ahead, because I'm not a superstitious person, but it does pay to look, if you're targeted, it pays to look ahead. It doesn't mean you look ahead and get scared and shake and think, you know, I'm going to hide under my bed. It's not that kind of thing. It's that um, you have to be cautious. That's how I look at it myself. I need to be cautious on that particular day. And um, I wasn't cautious. Not at all. I could, I should have just gone straight home instead of pushing it, saying, I'll just do a little bit more, get a few more errands done, just do a little bit more, and that's what got me. And um, I was too tired, and it was too late at night, and for me, as a targeted woman, alone, um, going out at night and anything, you know, after... Seven eight o'clock is not wisdom. It's just for me, it's not wise. Okay, that's fine. I mean, everybody's targeting is a little bit different. I know that Definitely. if I'm looking forward to a particular, I'm just going to use this as another example. If you, if I'm looking forward to a particular holiday and it's not going to work out because I'm looking forward to it, I want to do something good or I want to have a barbecue with some people, whatever, it's not going to work out because they know I'm focused on it. On the other hand, they might take a holiday and make it like their worst day of the week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I could, and so what I've, I've decided is I'm going to make all days, all holidays, all anniversaries equal so that none of them are going to be super special for targeting. That way I can, like, eliminate, like, 
you know, it's it's kind of like eliminating, you know, the highs and lows of it so I can actually see what the patterns are in their minds, not my mind, but their minds. Sometimes uh, it helps me to see what their patterns are against a blank wall. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah, you brought up a really good topic because um, for those of us who are the most isolated, everybody isn't the same on that level either as far as isolation mm-hmm. and um, can make plans with, you know, maybe they have a limited number of of people around them, but some of us have nobody. And um, what happens to us is um, you get dumped on the holidays. Everything is canceled because yeah. they say, you know, everybody's got kids. They're going to be home with their kids. So we're canceling, you know, what you usually do on that night, and um, nothing is substituted. And I found this a lot as a targeted person. Um, I found this to be happening a lot, and there's nothing to um, fill that void. And if you use television as a companion, as I do many times, um, they do the same thing. You know, it's all pumped up about what are you going to do on this holiday and entertaining and, um, you know, that kind of thing. So um, even though you can... um, plan it out ahead as far as what to do and not to do or try to avoid the pitfalls, I've fallen into some huge holes from gang stalking, too. It wasn't anything I initiated. It was gang stalking. Uh And it, oh, my gosh. Talk about another fracture. (laughs) That was fracture time. Oh, gosh. Yeah, and I couldn't avoid it because I was cornered all the time. My gang stalking um, cornered me, and I really, um, because this is corporate too, a lot of what goes on in the minds of the people that are um, running this is, uh, in corporations, it starts in September, and they wind up the year. They uh, are closing everything out for the year, and... um, so the year ends in September for a lot of people, and it's just the rest of the year is spent wrapping things up the rest of the time, you know, until January. So um, that's uh, the way my, and I again, I don't know about other TIs, but I know for me that's it's always been that way where I can count the years over in September. But it's very um, structured. My targeting is not, um, it's way pre-planned. And everything um, is symbolic. And my whole, um, one of my jobs was to not um, be surprised and fall into the holes because, you know, I didn't see it coming kind of thing. So, um, yeah, like the, you know, um, 2013 and then my mother dying. Um, a lot of things happened. It started, it started in September of 2013, and I call it like, well, I don't want to say what I called it, but it was not a, it was kind of a depressing name, but it was 
actually true, and I can see their patterns. They um, hit me first, and the animals, all the pets, were under horrible attack. And then my mother, horror, I have pictures of her in August, and she was in 100% condition, and then the attack started on her. In August, me in September, October, she was just under complete assault. We all were, but she was the target, the real focal point. And then she died on December the 21st or 22nd. And um might have been the 21st, I'm not sure. But she died um, in December. And um, then the animals, within the next six months, everybody was gone, except for me. I Out know, of five, is, of five or six. That's so hard. I'm so sorry for that. Yeah, but you just, that's why I'm saying you have to, um, they plan ahead. And they planned for the most amount of impact, so I had to do that, too, and think. Um, Because that first year of 2014 was really hard, and I really got hit hard by my enemies. And I didn't even know um, who my enemies were at that point completely. I mean, I had a lot of information that didn't fit yet so anyway okay can can you hold for a second and i oh, want yeah. to give uh, if anybody else uh we're just going to be about five minutes shy of the end of this program and anybody who has like a few words they want to squeeze in and share star eight right now and we'll get you on and then um kyle is offered to open his call and I have to go back and find his phone number, his uh, talk show number. Hang on. Kyle is going to open a call after this one. Where is it? It's uh, it's one four two, three nine four two. Thank you, Kyle. I should have just asked you. One four two three nine four. Kyle's going to have a call after this one. Thank you so much, hon. Okay. Um, any last words? Wisdom. Ideas, coping skills, go ahead and share it right now. Star 8, and I'll open you up. There it is. Thank you. I scrolled all the way up the chat. I had to look at all that nasty stuff again. Um, yeah, I'm getting to know what these handles mean. Here's uh, West Washington. You're on the air. Oops. Hold on. There you go. Hi, I dropped the phone and had to call back in. And I've just been hearing your conversation in bits and pieces, but two things came to mind for me. One is I stopped reading my horoscope back when I was a teenager, and I can tell you this, I've had some absolutely wonderful birthdays. On my 58th birthday is the day that I finally called the um, called the law enforcement to come help me with this stuff, and all I did was mention non-lethal weapons, and they put cuffs on me and took me to the psych ward. And the first thing the guy asked you, of course, is, do you know what the date is? I said, I, I sure did. It's my birthday. What in the world am I doing here? So that was absolutely the worst day because it pulled the rug out from oh. me. What a real bad. But now, I tell you, it's got nothing to do with the date. 
it really doesn't. The more you obsess on the date, the more they're going to play on it, too. Okay, second thing, and that's just my opinion, but I believe that's true. Um, the second thing is, it's not what we have done before when we stand before God. It's who we know. We need to get to know him now. And it's what he did for us. As long as we accept what he did for us, he substituted for us and paid everything that we would owe when we stand before him. And when that time comes, it will be those who say they either don't want him or have said that they don't want to accept him. He says, okay, your will be done. Or it's going to be the people who say, now, your will be done, Lord. You did what you did for me out of love, which is the name of your program tonight, I think. I came in late on that, too. But uh, it's not what we do. Every religion in the entire world is based on how good we are or how what we do in life. Um, Everyone except Christianity. That's when God reached down and did it for us. So, anyway, that's all. God bless you, everybody. Thank you. Okay, Donaldson, you're on the air. We only have a couple of minutes. Go ahead. Just want to make sure that I have my mic open. Well, first of all, I wanna I wanna bring up a concept to people that they may have heard before. It's and it's gonna be interesting, but it's called wrongful death. And the reason why I think that's important and relates to the last caller calling in, saying that the police took her against her will somewhere. Am I right about that? Is that what happened? They didn't take her will. No, I don't think. No, I I didn't say they took her will. I said they took her against her against her will. Against her will. That's what I said. Against her will. Well, that happens sometimes in our community. You know, sometimes people are brutalized. And there's a a reason for that. The reason why I'm bringing up the wrongful death is because I was just, I was doing some research earlier regarding California's Code of Civil Procedure and some paralegal work, looking up some codes. And I came across wrongful death uh, statutes or whatever, and I thought about how when you lo- when you go to jail, you have a civil death. You die civilly. So, in essence, when a police officer or somebody of the law takes you against your will, you have a civil death. You have basically been denied your... You've had a wrongful death, especially if there's been no crime. And I was wondering if anyone would be interested in, (laughs) you know, like, just thinking about that aspect of uh, pursuing, um, remedying situations when, yeah, like, eminent domain by police officers takes the effect of basically violating constitutionally guaranteed liberties. And I know that well, may um, sound kind of deep, but I think that's call? a short and sweet. I'll get on right Kyle's now? call. 
I'll get on. I'll get on. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I will. I will. It's wrongful death. Thanks. Just remember that. You. It's for you too. All right. So. Okay. Thanks so much. Don't don't forget. All right. Thank you, everyone, for being on the call, and um, for being here and sharing the evening with me. I appreciate all your input. I I appreciate being able to volunteer my services and give me a purpose in life. So, um, good night. We'll talk to you next time on Wednesday, 134-845. And um, if you know somebody in need is suffering, you can give them links to the podcast to encourage them, you know. Got to lift each other's spirits. And keep the faith, everybody. Have a good night.